Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. My kids love it when I play games with them. And it really doesn't matter what game it is. It could be a game of cops and robbers, or it could be a card game like Uno, or it could be the slightly less enjoyable game for me of Jump on Daddy. But without a doubt, the most popular game in our house, and no doubt a staple in your house too as you were growing up, is the game of hide and seek. My kids love this game. In fact, they love it so much that there's times where I'll use it to actually get them to get ready for bed. You know, I'll tell them, if you can go and get your jammies on and you can brush your teeth and do a wee in the next five minutes, then I will let you have three rounds of hide-and-seek. For those of you who are parents, it's a great technique to use. It works every time. And the level of excitement that is stirred up in my kids when they play this game usually actually ends up giving away where they're hiding. You know, it usually comes in the form of like a squeal coming from the closet or an uncontrollable shaking coming from behind the curtains. Or it could be a head that's popping out from where they're hiding to see whether I'm coming or not. And these things usually enable me to actually quickly find my targets. But the reality is, as much as they enjoy the process of hiding, the real excitement comes for them in the finding. You see, if I was to actually not look for them, if I was to stop trying to find them, it wouldn't be long before they reappear again because they got bored and, and they'd be annoyed because I, I wasn't playing the game with them. The greatest joy and excitement is actually in the moment of being found. You know, this is actually also true of God. See, God wants to be found by you. He's actually extremely excited by the idea of you encountering, experiencing his love for you and his presence with you. But the truth is that, if we're really honest, that's actually not really what many of us experience on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, actually, I think most of us would say that the truth is it's been either that we've never experienced God in that way or that it's been so long since we have that we've kind of forgotten what it feels like. Why is that? Why is it that a God who wants to be found by you can feel so hard to find at times? Well, just like a good game of hide-and-seek, there's actually a level of anticipation and excitement that increases as we seek him. You know, it, there's a degree to which it's actually good for us to have to seek him because as we do it, it actually it increases the hunger in our hearts and actually increases the level of enjoyment and pleasure as we actually eventually encounter God. But I believe that the, the, right at the core of this is that God wants to use the process of seeking him to actually do a deeper work in our hearts. You see, God 
want to be found by you. But there's actually something that is required of us in this process as well. You see, God said this through the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 29. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What does he actually mean when he says this? What does it mean by seeking him with all our hearts? Well, it it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy things in life. It doesn't mean that your life needs to be a never-ending Bible study and prayer time or worship session. Uh, It doesn't mean that you just always have to do churchy things. It doesn't mean that you can't have relationships or that you can't enjoy uh, the things that are offered to us and we can't have um, wealth or anything like that. It just simply means that these things can't be of higher priority to us than our relationship with God. See, God wants to be number one in our life. And that's because God's greatest desire is for relationship with you. That is what motivates him. He is motivated by love for you. And just like any relationship, he wants to know that he has your heart. You see, for a relationship to work, we need to be uh, willing to actually give our hearts to that person. And God wants to give his heart to you, but equally importantly, he wants to know that he has your heart. And so it comes down to this question of, you know, what are we willing to compromise on? You see, the things that are most important to us, the things that lie closest to our hearts, are the things that we are least willing to compromise. And so is God the number one priority in your heart, in your life, to where when the things in this life, the things of this world come in and bring their distractions, it it doesn't allow you to be pulled away from your relationship with God. God wants your heart. And this isn't always an easy process. You know, this takes time and it takes effort. But God's promises to you that it is worth it. That whatever it takes, it is worth it because what he has to give you is amazing. But that leads us to this question. How do we give our hearts back to God? Well, firstly, one of the ways that we know what is close to our heart is actually uh, just by asking ourselves these simple questions. What is it that is occupying my thoughts? What is occupying my time? my money, my energy, and my emotions. You see, these things are actually able to uh, give us good indicators of the things that are lying closest to our hearts. Or perhaps more importantly, the things that aren't lying closest to our hearts. And so we can use these as indicators to help us to see where we need to actually allow God into. And this question of how do we give our hearts back to God, I actually believe that the writer of the book of Hebrews actually addresses this uh, when he talks in chapter 12. He says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down 
especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has for us. He says that we need to strip off every weight that slows us down. You see, we actually live in a world full of distractions, full of things that are uh, vying for our attention, vying for our hearts. You know, it could be uh, social media, it could be work, it could be money, it could be clothing, it could be relationships or gaming or your mobile phone. All these things, the list could go on and on and on. And these things, they're not inherently bad things. It's not to say that we can't have any of these things in our lives. But the danger is that all of these things can end up taking more of our attention and therefore more of our hearts than they were intended to. And so the writer here is saying that we need to strip off these things to get rid of them so that we can realign our hearts back to God. And you might hear that and think, well, that, that feels like quite an extreme thing to do. But sometimes, if we are uh, wanting to see a radical change in our relationship with God, we need to do something that is radical in our own lives in order to facilitate that. The writer also goes on to say that we need to also strip off especially the sin that so easily trips us up. See, sin is primarily motivated uh, by self. It's, it's motivated by what is in it for us, self-gain, selfishness, and uh, what do we get out of it. But for any relationship to work, for any relationship to thrive, we need to look more to what we can give to the other person than what we can get from the relationship. That's the motive of love, to give. And it's when we learn to do that that we actually begin to experience what that relationship was truly meant to be. And so God knows the harm that sin does in our life. And he knows the harm that it does to our relationship. And so he wants us to strip it off, to actually get rid of it from our lives so that we can be wholehearted in our relationship with God. You know, whatever it is in your life that is causing you to be distracted from your relationship with God or to be um, leading you to uh, sinful um, repetitions in your life, things that are causing you to actually fall into sin, it's good to strip these things off. Now, some of them, you know, you don't have to strip them off forever. It can just be that you do it for a time so that you can give your heart back to God. And it could be social media that you need to pull back from. It could be relationships. It could be actually maybe giving away your clothes. Not all of them, hopefully. You'll keep some. But we strip these things away so that we can actually focus our hearts back on God. You know, some of these things I mentioned, you maybe had a, a reaction to, and you think, wow, that, that feels too much. That's too extreme. I, I don't know if I could do that. 
You know, I knew one guy who realized that his iPhone was becoming too much of an idol for him. And so he actually got rid of it. He gave it away and got an old brick phone for a, for a season. You know, that maybe kind of gets a reaction in you as too much. But actually, sometimes that's a good indicator that maybe that thing has too much of our hearts. It's hard to give these things away. It's not easy. But the promise of God is that it is worth it. He needs to be number one in your life. He wants to be the top priority. That is what you were made for. You were made for relationship with God. So what are you willing to give up so that you can have more of God? In a moment, we're actually going to close just with a time of worship. But before we do, I want to give you three questions that you can use to take to God. I want to encourage you to actually give yourself a bit of space and time to do this before you go on with your day. To actually dialogue with God using these questions and use them to help you give your hearts back to God. And these three questions are this. Firstly, what is consuming your thoughts, your time, your money, your energy, or your emotions? The second is this. Is there anything that you can identify that has a higher priority in your life than Jesus? And then finally, what do you need to stop for a season in order to realign your heart back to God? Take these questions and write them down and use them to journal with God after this service, but also just throughout your week. And I promise you, as you go through these steps, if you're willing to do this, that you will begin to encounter God in new ways. But don't worry if you weren't able to write these down. These are going to be available on the screen at the end of the service. Right now, we want to close just with a time of worship. So let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you that it is your desire for us to experience your love, to know your presence in our lives. And God, we are sorry for the things that we have allowed to get in the way of that. God, we ask that you would teach us how to seek you with all of our hearts. Would you highlight to us the things that are hindering us, the weights that we are carrying that are slowing us down and the sin that is tripping us up? Would you expose them, God, so that we can have our whole hearts realigned unto you? God, we give you priority in our hearts. Would you come and minister to us as we worship? In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.